Hello there. I'm jumping on a little bit early before eight o'clock to talk about our money issues and our beauty business. Um, I'm going to talk for a little bit and then I will invite some folks onto the stage to have conversations today. I do ask that um, everyone who requests or anyone who requests our licensed esthetician or cosmetologist, licensed nail tech and or massage therapist, anyone that's in the beauty business, um, we are definitely really targeting just licensed professionals. Um, but I do want to get into our conversations with money issues. If you've been following me on Instagram um, or my YouTube channel, I've been talking for quite a long time about money issues in your beauty business, whether you um, have poor credit or you don't pay your bills on time or you don't know your cost per service. All of those things are really important when you're trying to grow your business. But the most important thing is getting a handle on your money issues. And what do I mean by money issues? I mean from understanding credit versus business credit. So just a little bit of background about me. I've been a licensed esthetician now 18 years and I started my own business after working for um, a company. I started my own spa, my first one in 2005, and then I started my second one in 2008. And um, during that time, I had a child, I had a divorce, so I had a lot of things that happened that really affected the way the business grew, and I made really, really bad decisions. So. Um, I actually wrote an ebook in 2017 about my struggles with paying myself and the things that I did to get myself in the mindset of paying myself and getting over my money issues. And I have since sold hundreds of those books to licensed professionals, really talking about the understanding of paying yourself and how you can do it consistently, which leads back to getting over your money issues. So, um, Tonight, I really just want to, you know, discuss the different things that I've used, but getting a handle on your money issues going into the new year is a must. Um, I always talk about three things in your beauty business. You have to have a website that you sell product from. You actually have to have a Facebook group that you monetize, and then you have to have amazing opportunities for each and every client that comes into your business to give you money. If it's not easy for those clients to give you money, if you don't have more than one way they can give you money, you're going to contribute to the money issue. So when I used to mentor um, estheticians years ago, I did a tip challenge. And the tip challenge was, can you hold on to your tips for a certain amount of time, never count them, but put them away from access, meaning don't put them in your wallet, don't put it in your purse, don't put it somewhere it's easy to grab, put it in the jar, put a lid on it, but never count it until you absolutely need to pay a bill. And I use that tip challenge to pay off my credit cards. And it was so interesting. I had an esthetician last year in the pandemic said that she's been doing the tip challenge now for five years and paid off her car in um, less than the amount of time that she had using the tip challenge. The reason I always talk about cash is because cash is a very um, can be a very dangerous thing for someone who has money issues. What do I mean by that? I mean that if you have money problems and you have big tips and you have easy cash all the time, you're not going to have a connection to the cash if it gets into your wallet. If you keep it out of your wallet, you're not going to have the urgency to try to spend it. 
So cash tips are really important and it can be the first place that you start when you're wanting to deal with your money issues. So if you have people that have, you know, cash, they give you a tip, they pay you in cash. Do you have a system that you can collect the cash and not spend the cash? Like that is always important to me because I've always wanted the understanding that cash is a tool, but the minute I put it into my wallet, I completely forgot about the bills I need to pay. I completely forgot about what I owed or what I could have used it towards. I was focused hundred percent on how can I spend this money in my wallet? What do I need? And if I don't need it now, will I need it in the future? Let me go spend it. So cash is a big, big trigger for a lot of folks with money issues. Debit cards is another one. And I've talked about this many times. I no longer have a debit card for my business or my personal. I literally have to go to the bank if I want cash. And the reason I did that was because I really wanted to emphasize with a lot of people how you can specifically get rid of that urgency to spend. So if I don't have a debit card, I don't have cash into my wallet. Your question probably is like, well, then how do you actually spend money if you have no cash and you have no debit card? I use credit and there's a huge game and I'll get into that later on about credit and how credit can really build your wealth. Um, but I use credit and I pay off credit. So I don't carry balances on my cards. Um, I'm very, very diligent, but that did not happen overnight. That did not happen overnight. I went through a lot of trials and tribulations with debit cards and cash and um, doing cash advances on the credit cards that I have. So I was not a um, great, um, what's the right word? I did not take care of what I was given. I did not do well with that. It really came down to, and I talk about this in my book, one time I had a client, I had a $250 facial and my rent was only $300. So I only needed to do that facial once a month to pay my rent. And then the rest of the time I could, um, utilize the money in different ways. And so this one client, she was my 250 facial guarantee. She brought me cash every time and she canceled last minute. And I'm like, Oh my God, can we reschedule? And she's like, well, I can come a little bit earlier, but I wasn't sure about your schedule. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need, I, yeah, let's make it work. Come in earlier. And I, absolutely freaked out because she was like, well, what's going on? And I said, yeah, I don't know how to tell you, but if I don't get your money today, I'm not going to have any money. She's like, what do you mean? And it was the most embarrassing thing that I have ever done um, in my entire career. Cause I always looked like I had everything together. I always looked like I had everything on time and everything was just a perfect image. And to let her see that side of me, my best client, she always bought retail. She always paid me in cash, $250 a facial. I mean, she would average spend between 300 and 450 with me. And to let her know that her service and what she was paying me was the only way I was going to get income was the moment I changed how I talked about money and how I looked about money in my business. Because now someone knows, someone who doesn't know me, they know my truth. And I really wanted to, um, I needed that. I needed that. I needed someone to really, who didn't know me, who wasn't related to me, 
really kind of give me that aha moment. And from that point on, I implemented the tip challenge. From that point on, I cut up my credit cards and I didn't spend them anymore. Like I was embarrassed into dealing with my money issues. And that wasn't the first time. I also had an embarrassing situation when I got married to my husband currently. And I never told him how bad my credit was. I did not tell him how bad I had debt. I did not tell him that I had a lot of residual from my first marriage. And my credit score was at five, uh, 520 or something. It was really, really low. I didn't tell him anything. I was just going along to get along. And I finally had him help with some statements for the bookkeeper. And he started adding up all the overage fees and started looking at my NSF and saying, what is this? I'm like, ah, those are just, you know, overdraft fees. Don't worry about that. It's part of the business. Don't worry about it. You know, it's a write-off. It'll be fine. And he's like looking at me really weird. And I'm like, I don't need you to calculate it. I just need you to put everything in date order for me. So can you just put it from January, December, organize that, put a rubber band on it. I will give it to the bookkeeper so she can get everything ready for the taxes. And he was like, um, do you know that you spent $25,000 this year on overage fees? You gave the bank $25,000 of free money. No, no, it's not that much. He's like, you average $2,000 every month or a little more. Uh, multiply that by 12, you're at 25. I said, no, that's 24. He said, no, some months you did three. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Who told you to add this up? He's like, well, how have you been in business giving the bank $25,000 a year? And at that moment, I had to really kind of look at him and just say, I don't have great credit. The car that I drive is in my father's name. My sister gives me a business card for the business and my mom opened up a credit card for me as well. I don't have anything in my name. I don't have a great enough credit to get anything in my name. So this is where we're at. And he's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. And I'm like, like, I'm supposed to tell you this. I'm CEO of my company and power mom. My daughter's amazing. Why would I come and tell you I have bad credit? Why would I tell you I have money issues? Like, why would I do that? I'm making money, so it's not the making money. But my problem was I had no one to be accountable to. And once I started having an accountability partner, which was him, I really changed the way I look at money and I had to deal with my money issues. So if you're in the room right now, definitely um, click my picture and make sure you follow. Um, my masterclass is opening up tomorrow, which I'm so excited for. Um, you can click the link to my Instagram and in my profile, I have information about my masterclasses. They're free. Um, and, uh, I really like talking to beauty professionals because there's a different way to do business and the business will not change until you change your mindset and exactly accept your money issue. You have to accept it. You have to acknowledge it. And then when you start working on it, it will become more apparent to the mistakes that you made because now you're going to go and get the cost per service worksheet and you're going to look at every single service on your service menu and you're going to figure out how much of that service you can pay yourself. You're going to understand what is going to work on your menu? What do you make money? How do you make money? 
because most of us don't have issues with the money coming in. Our problem is the money going out. So how do we stop the bleeding on the money going out? And the first way to do it is to remove access. So if you have a debit card that you're spending and you have no accountability, it's so funny. I used to laugh at my dad all the time. Every Sunday, still to this day, he balances his checkbook and he balances his checkbook even on what he spends with his debit card. Like he's so super anal. He has a thousand ledgers, but he balances it to the penny. And I never understood why he would balance every Sunday to the penny until I started understanding that you have so many opportunities to um, really make your decision making be so super specific. So what I mean is, is that when you start looking at your money as a tool and not something to spend, then you're going to be strategic on how you spend it. But if your money issue is blocking you, meaning you have access to the money, you don't look at the money as a tool, you look at it as a means to an end, you're always going to be in that, that cycle. And it's not until you really understand the bigger picture. The better you play the game, the more money they will give you. So long story short, obviously I have a very great high credit score. I have high limits on credit cards. I actually don't use credit cards in our business anymore. We use lines of credit, um, which is a little bit different. Um, but even in my personal life, we still pay our bills. We don't carry a balance at all. So the, the, the longer your balance stays at zero, the more they're going to give you. But I get people in my inbox saying, but Stephanie, I can't even get approved. And I said, here's the thing. There's a couple different ways that you can really play the money game. Let's first talk about your money issues. So what are the issues that you have with money? What are the mistakes you've made with money? And where do you want to start first in your business that has to do with money? It, and I'm not talking about spending on a, a, an equipment. I'm not talking about going and just spending money on retail products that you don't sell. I'm not talking about anything about that. I'm talking about how the money leaves the business. Where's the first place that you need to patch up that bleeding? And believe it or not, most people, the money that goes out of their business, it goes right into their pockets because they don't have any themselves on payroll. Because if you had yourself on payroll and you knew every week or every two weeks money was going directly into your account, you wouldn't have to do a draw like I used to do and then put it back in the business because you overdraw it. You actually act like you're an employee. So you're going to give yourself money. And I talk about this in my book as well. When I used to do a draw, I actually would take cash and put it on my desk the night before. So in the morning when I came in, I always had cash to put into my wallet because that's what I paid myself and my whole demeanor would change. So I started off with paying myself $5 a day, $10 a day, $20 a day, $50 a day, $100 a day. Once I got to $200 a day, I had to go on payroll, but I would put it on my desk the night before and I would come in that next morning to start my day and I literally had such a great emotional response because that hundred dollars was going into my wallet and then I was going to go put it in my tip jar. Cause remember, I don't care. I've tried not to carry cash, but I knew at the end of the week I was going to have $500 in my pocket. That's a very different feeling 
than you taking what's left over. So I started training my mind that I'm always going to pay myself first, whether it's cash, whether it's payroll, I'm always going to pay myself first. So my mind is at ease because I'm guaranteed to have the money I need, but then I'm not going to have to rob Peter and pay Paul and shuffle this and take this and write myself a check and cash. I don't have to do any of those things. So if any of this resonates with you and you're really struggling going into the new year, trying to figure out what do you do first? Angela Green is on our stage. She is the creator of the cost per service. I'm going to have her, if she can talk a little bit about the cost per service, because it's an amazing tool. It's a tool that I've used for years. It's a tool that I suggest to every beauty industry. It doesn't matter if you do nails or hair or skin or whatever, you need to know how much it costs to do your services. And I mean, down to the T. So if you're going to do a brow wax, how many sticks you're using, how much that costs, how much wax you're using, how much that costs your gauze, your gloves, your pre, your post, whatever, all of that has a dollar attached to it. But what I'm going to add into that cost per service is my hourly rate. And then every service I do is also going to have a part of the rent included. So every time someone comes into my treatment room, the rent is going to be added to my hourly rate and then the cost of doing the service. So I'm always going to get paid, but we don't do that. Some of us will look at the end of the day and say, oh, this is what I have left over. Or some of us will say on Friday, this is the end of the week. This is what I can pay myself. You really, you really have to understand when it comes to making sure you are taken care of to lessen that money issue you're going to have to understand the bigger picture. So Angela, are you busy right now or are you on the road or are you available? I am fully available and present. So okay. it has been a hot minute since you've been on the clubhouse. So welcome back. And I'm so looking forward to 2022 because it's almost here. Uh, but no, the cost per service worksheet has just been an incredible tool. It really has opened a lot of eyes, a lot of aha moments, a lot of light bulb moments for a lot of estheticians and others who can relate to the um, challenges of understanding how much do I need to charge? Why is it my business making enough money? And I think it really starts with the decision. Do you want to be in business? as an esthetician, or is it just something you like to do? So if you're wanting to be in business, the purpose of your business is to make, not just make money, but make enough money, make more than enough money. And when we talk about the money conversation, there are just certain terms that need to be fulfilled. And the most important person you're fulfilling those terms to is really yourself. Because if you're not present, you're not having what you need right down to, um, you know, food, shelter, and, and, you know, a roof over your head, it's, it's really difficult to show up in your business for your clients. So one of the conversations it really starts with is cost versus price. Whenever I hear the question, how much should I charge? Or whenever I ask the question, how did you come up with your prices? And, you know, you know what industry standards are, you're doing the homework, you're doing the research uh, by reading and not just what this person is charging down the street, you really understand why your pricing structure is so important and what you need to do to work around that. If you're finding that you have, you know, 20 services on your menu and you're not getting the price that you, you know, command, if you're having to charge a lower price to stay competitive, 
The alternative is not to keep lowering your prices. The alternative could very well be focus on five key services so that not only do you charge a price for the specialty and you get really good at that those particular services, but you also minimize your overhead and your spend because you're not having to keep supplies and product in use of all these different things just sitting on the shelf because you wanted to provide 20 services. So it really is a conversation starter, but the main thing is to understand the difference between what it costs you to deliver a service and how much you need to charge to meet the bare minimum expectations of paying yourself, your rent, because you do need a space to actually perform those services, and to replace the products you're using in those services. And that's really where it begins. Some of us are very a little bit more detailed when it comes to that. What about coffee? What about tea? Can you even afford to bring those things in at this point? Focus on the things you can do in your business to make money. And not from a selfish point of view, but from a sustenance point of view. To know that it is enough. And the more you have enough, the more you will feel like, okay, I'm doing the things right. I'm getting reward, um, whether it's pay yourself once a week, once every other week, once a month, whatever works best for you. But you, this is your business and you have the opportunity to make it what you need and desire for it to be. So the cost per service worksheet is a great tool. Um, unfortunately, there are a number of people who get the tool and realize that they're actually paying clients um, to come and see them for services. And then it's, okay, what do you need to do to shift this? But again, it does start with your mindset. It does start with your desire. You know, ask yourself why you got into this business to begin with. And if it was to truly be in business, then there's got to be, you've got to make that commitment to yourself before you can commit to your clients and commit to um, all of the, the whole reason you went to school to be trained to become an esthetician in the first place. So it's really important that you, um, you know, be brave. Look at the numbers. Sometimes you may need a, a cup of green tea to chamomile tea to relax. Sometimes you might need a glass of wine to relax. But do what you have to do to get into these numbers. Understand where your money, how your money is coming in, how it's flowing through your business, how it's leaving your business, and understand that cycle very well from day to day, week to week, month to month. It will change how you do business and you actually do have the opportunity to change your life and the lives of your clients as well. Uh, you know, those clients come to you because they have a need and when you're fully present, that's in something that's really important when you start talking about cost per service. Angela and I have been using cost per service. I used to do master classes where I had people come out and stay with us for two days and I would send them back to the table with Angela and Angela would put her spreadsheet out on her computer and say, let's look at your service menu and let's plug in your number. And by the time they got done, these estheticians was crying because some of them were negative and some of them were at zero. Now zero and negative are both bad because that means you made no money for your time or from that client. And that's a hard pill to swallow and Angela's correct. When you start tackling those numbers and you start looking at those numbers, it's really important for you to get a handle on what you're going to see and then how you can improve it. And you definitely do not want to start your, your service says based off of what other people are doing. You can't do that. We have got to get out of that as an industry as a whole. You can't look around and say, oh, across the street, she charges this and down the street, she charges this. So I'm going to go in between. That's not business. Business comes down to numbers. 
How do you pay yourself so that you can continue to have the business? And how do you allow the business to continue to stay open? So that's why the rent is included in your cost per service. That's why your hourly rate is what's included in the cost per service. So when I posted on Instagram and asked, are you ready to have a price increase January 1st? That means if you didn't read through it, it actually meant, are you giving yourself and your hourly raise in January? When people say no, to me, that means that you, you don't know your cost per service. And that's something that Angela and I have really worked hard for because it makes sense when you know your numbers. So when we would do our master classes and we would have these estheticians talking about the fact that they just did not know that they did not make any money, our next question was, how many people are doing this service in a day, week, or month? We had one student who had 25 services on her menu and she only made money from two. So we stated, just have the two. Well, no, because I may have somebody that want, that's not how this business works. You can command whatever you want but you have to know your numbers and it has to make sense, which means you have to have a profit from it. But if I ask you, okay, what is your number one service and how much money do you make from it? Or is your hourly rate included in there and is a piece of the rent in there? If you say no to any of those three, you need the cost per service worksheet. If I ask you, when's the last time you did a price increase on your services as a whole, your entire service menu, and you say you have not, or it's been years, you need the cost per service. Because guess what? What have we seen in COVID? All of our materials have gone up. All raw materials have gone up and all basic materials have gone up, which means you should in return reflect those increases in your pricing. Now, if you're me, you already know I give myself a raise every year. So that means that the price is going to go up because my cost per service worksheet, I'm gonna plug in my new hourly rate. So I'm going to go from $100 an hour to $150 an hour. And then what are those numbers going to come to? So I think when, when we start talking about money issues, it starts at the very beginning. Do you know your cost per service? Do you know how many services you're going to get out of that can, out of that cleanser, out of that peel? Do you know how much it costs broken down from the bottle of that $100 peel versus how many faces you've put it onto. Like you, you have to get that super specific because again, it's not the money coming in, it's how it goes out. So if you get your cost per service and that number at the end is zero, that absolutely means you made no money and you paid that client to come see you. You made no money. And some of us, have seen, Angela and I have both seen, to where you have an hourly rate in the facial and the facial isn't even enough to cover the half hour rate. So the reason we, we really stick with the money issues in your beauty business are really based off of your cost per service is because if you really understood your cost per service, that's the tool you will never leave. You can always increase your hourly rate. The rent will always stay the same, but then you can plug in when those those products go up because there are going up. A lot of our materials have gone up. So then you're going to change that number. So when January comes around, there's my price increase. I gave myself a raise. I went from $100 an hour to $150 an hour. 
And now I can account for the increase in that jar, that can of wax or that cleanser or that peel. It's gone up. So I'm going to reflect that in my cost. So when I talk about your, your service menu, you need to do services that bring you income. Do not put a whole bunch of services that do not bring you income. I've learned that a long time ago. I don't want to wax legs. So it's not on my service menu. I only want one facial and it's going to be 250. Either you pay the 250 or you don't. But I'm going to make it so uh, tempting that you're going to want to have it. That's what my signature is because I'm going to do it so well that you're going to come back and be like, dang, yeah, no, I've never had an experience like this before. But if you understand your money issues and it's not about coming in, it's about going out, then you're going to get your cost per service. You're going to make a dedication to January 1st and having a price increase, because even if you don't give yourself an hourly rate increase, the cost of doing services has increased. It has to reflect in the price on your service menu. You can't guess anymore. You can't say this is an average. There's no average. What you need to make hourly to survive and what your rent costs is 100% on you, not what someone else is doing across the street, downtown, wherever. So when I get people in my inbox talking about, oh, I just picked a number. Okay, so if you plug that number into the cost per service worksheet, what do you get? Well, it was a negative. Oh, well, then you don't make any money from that service. Oh, how did you think this was going to work? How, how did you think this was going to work? So we're at the half hour. Um, does anyone want to come on stage? Do they have any questions for Angela or myself? Um, Brandy, thank you so much for joining us today. All you guys who are in the room, I do not know. Brandy has been, um, she has mentored with me years ago. She's worked with Angela as well. She has a cost per service. Um, she is a true diehard uh, Save Brazil marketing member. So she is definitely one of our waxers. Um, so thank you so much for coming in. But does anyone have any questions that they would like to come up stage and ask us specifically that has to do with your business? Now is the time. If not, you can hold your peace. Go yeah, ahead, and I also want to acknowledge Beauty by Bash here in Southern California. Thank you for joining too. Appreciate you. And Thank you. I know it's been, but we definitely see you out there doing your thing. I got to stop by your pop-up and uh, Culver City. I saw you. No one wants to come on stage and talk about the money issues. No questions. Um, I mean, the first step is acknowledging your money issues now. There it is. There it is. I mean, and you know, this is an open forum. Again, there's no question that's too, uh, you know, not important or too small or too big. Um, you know, we certainly miss being out on the circuit for this reason. Um, because we have so many people that we are normally able to get in touch with and do a lot of FaceTime. But you know, we've got a lot of virtual options these days. So here is your opportunity to ask those questions. But thanks for coming up. How you doing? I'm well. I just wanted to come up and formally say thank you. But also I wanted to say you are 100% right. Um, I've been following the both of you. I found you both when I was still in beauty school back in 2015, 2016. And so just this last year, is when I decided to uh, give up my day job and go at it full time. And so the cost per service worksheet has totally been beneficial in mapping out pricing and, you know, services and increases. And Miss Stephanie, I have been increasing my prices every single year. I learned that from you years ago. Yes, ma'am. So it is like, I'm just here to say as a testament, it is a hundred percent true. You guys have not steered me wrong in all these years. And I just want to say thank you. 
You are welcome. Thank you so much for coming and, and giving that testimony. Because the thing I think that a lot of us, you know, want to, we don't, we don't know how to start the conversation with money issues, right? It's so taboo in life in general. But I think when we start talking about our beauty business and being a business owner, there's an applied assumption that we know what we're doing. And then if we do know what we're doing, we're not going to share with others because we're not going to share how I make my money. Not realizing, and I've realized this years ago, there's millions of people and I'm never going to be able to, to have a service for everybody in the world, right? So my mission, Angela's mission has always been to give back so that people don't go through the struggles that we did. We were in the era before the internet. Angela and I actually talked about this today. We didn't have to worry about online. Our focus was 100% in store. So how can I get every client to spend $100 every time they come in? How do I get them to rebook? How do I get them to tell their family and friends? How do I get them to refer? That was our focus. We had nothing to do with internet. We had nothing to do with online, social media, nothing. Our, Our goal was how do you get these folks to come back? So, you know, I think when you start talking to um, the money part of it, not the making of it, but the handle of how it goes out, that's where most beauty businesses have the biggest bleed is the money going out and there's no accountability to the money going out. And I hope that makes sense. You know, we fall into the trap of machines, right? Machines are our biggest downfall in our industry because we're sold and told, if you get a machine, the people will come. And that is not how any of this works, not one bit. And I never fell into that trap. Angela never fell into that trap. We really kept each other accountable. I bought two machines when I started my business and they are still with me to this day. And the key to that is they were machines and there's still machines that work now that never will change. And I always tell every, every esthetician, you get a good steamer, you can do some miracles. You don't need these fancy machines. Is it nice to have them? Yes. But can you afford it? And is your client willing to pay for you to pay for it? Because I've seen some folks buy certain machines and then close up because the machine and the bleeding of paying the machine was bigger than the money coming into the business. So please don't fall down that machine route. Carmisha, thank you so much for joining us. What did you have to say? Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to ask, how do I purchase the cost per service worksheet? And then also, what advice would you give to uh, someone wanting to start out as a solo esthetician in an area where there are many estheticians and many? Well, you can go ahead. Angela, can she click on your, can she pull down or go to you? What's connected to your clubhouse here? Yeah, Um, my clubhouse is connected to my Instagram profile. So you can go there and click on the link tree in the um, bio and you'll find a link for the cost per service worksheet there. So look forward to working with you on that. Thank you. Perfect. Um, uh, uh, Carmisha, have you graduated? How long have you been out of school? Let's start there. I graduated October 1st. So about a this month. year. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So you're not working with someone because. Um, right now I have an interview set up to where I'm okay. going to work for a European wax center. Okay. Um, so, but I haven't been working under anyone. And are you doing services now? No, ma'am. Okay. 
So what is your game plan for European Wax Center? Honestly, I just want to get the experience of waxing because okay. at the school that I went to, we didn't get we didn't get to do Brazilian waxes. Yes. Um, I heard that a lot of schools don't do that anyways. No. But yeah. Um, so I want to get my timing down and actually get the experience of doing a Brazilian wax there. OK. And so. I would love for you to have a game plan for that, because here's the thing, and I've said this many, 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 many times. It's very easy to get caught up when you go to a European wax center because your your books are full. It's, it's easy to say, I'm going to go on my own. My clients are going to follow me and I'm going to have a business. And that's really not how it works, right? The reason I always say to stay a year is because I need and I want every esthetician to understand every aspect of the business. So not just waxing, turning your room over, upselling, rebooking. Uh, I can keep going on that list. All of those things that you get when your schedule is full. So that when you open your own business, you already have the experience to bring in the retail, to understand upselling, to up understand rebooking. So it becomes second nature. Where I find a lot of beauty businesses go into the red is because you want to jump from school to business. And that's not really the part. Your on the job training happens when you work for someone else. Your internship, quote unquote, is when you work for someone else. So the mistakes, the low pay the long days, the long hours, all of that happens and give yourself a year to do it. Because most people want to jump out at six months or three months. Oh, I have a full book. Yeah, no, they have a full book. The one thing European Wax Center does really well is they have clients. They do it really, really well. But estheticians who come out of that environment think I can do it too because I didn't understand the marketing that they do or how they get clients in, who's in charge of keeping up with the memberships, who's in charge of keeping up with the birthdays, all of that. We don't see that, right? All we see is our book is full. We're gonna wax 12, 15, 16, 18 people. We're gonna have some tips. We're gonna try to get our quotas for you know the, the, the retail and then that's it. So I think saying that you wanna be a solo esthetician is great, right? But I think we overlook that on the job training that you get when you work for someone because it's invaluable. It really is so invaluable. And it's something I tell everyone when they get out of school, go work for someone. Do you see if you even like what you're doing? I came out of school thinking I'm going to change lives and I'm going to do facials. I had bad skin, so I'm going to help everybody that has bad skin. And guess what I found out? People who have bad skin don't want to talk about their bad skin. They don't want to acknowledge their bad skin. And if their money is funny, they ain't go pay to get work on their bad skin. But what was consistent was waxing. So, okay, well, then let me go over here. I didn't want to go over here. I can still talk about skincare, but let me go over to waxing. But I think when you have your plan, let's, let's give it 12 months. Don't jump ship six months, nine months endure. Because here's the thing, no matter where you go, when you work for someone, it is not meant for you to like it and want to stay. It is a stepping stool. It's a learning opportunity. So the amount of time you spent in school should kind of be the same thing you'd look at your first job. Let me give myself 12 months to get everything that I can from this training, this on the job training. Then I'm going to sit back and say, how am I going to start my business? So I hope that makes sense.
Yes, it does. Um, the thing is, I actually started out when I graduated school. I worked at a med spa and like they don't offer training. And that's what I was really looking for. And in this area that I live in, a European wax center seems to be the only place that would just like offer extensive training as far as waxing. Yes. Um, let's see. Other places want to sign contracts for like two and three years. Yes. And I don't think that I want to sign up for that. So, but. Now, where I are see you? Where, I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, okay. 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 Um, I would say get on, get as much. Here's the thing. You can never have too much training. And if it's okay. on the job and they're paying for it, embrace mm -hmm. it. Okay. Because when you get on your own, you're not going to have the willingness to pay for certain trainings. Okay. So I loved working for people and getting job free training. Cause I'm like, I ain't gonna pay for this. So <laughs> let's get it. Yeah. Come on. What, 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 what are we going? You want me to go to the Institute? Okay. Where am I going? Oh, you want me to go here? Oh, okay. We're having an in-store or in-spa. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so take it and look at it from a different point of view, because there's a lot of people in the industry and I, and I say this very honestly, there's a lot of people in the industry who love to brag and boast on social media, but have no clients. Mm, the yeah. ones who have clients are not on social media. So yes. that's something that we have to keep in perspective because it's so easy to get caught up in what you see versus the reality. So don't let anyone talk down on you getting as much training as you can, because that benefits you at the end of the day. The more training you have, the more equipped and more ready you will be for what you're doing. And training is not bad. Hell, you had to get training to get your license. So to get that on the job training, to get that um, training and training and training, you can never train enough. But yes, definitely good luck in your um, interview. Thank you. Yes, Kanisha, I want to add one more thing. And you may or may not have thought about this um, based on what you described so far. But when you, um, even during the interview stage, when you, um, you know, they ask if you have any questions, tell me a little bit more about the commission structure. How do I earn to that? Um, a lot of times um, we'll get, you know, people say, well, I'm going to go for work go to work somewhere, but they're only paying X amount per hour. You do realize there's a percentage for retail that also goes to your earnings. There's a percentage for, um, you may be selling packages. So inquire about how those programs work at that European Wax Center. There may be other incentives and things that you um, can really prepare yourself for going forward. And that money can quickly add up. That say, I don't know, $10 an hour can become 15 to $20 an hour based on what you say and do. If you don't ask the client if they want to take a product home, you have no chance. But if you ask them if they want to take it home, they may purchase it that day. They may purchase it on the next visit. And that is truly how you build your clientele. And it's not a selling, it's an education. I see here you have some ingrown hairs. I highly recommend this or that product. So again, even as early as the interview stage, you can ask how the commission-based programs work. And that um, is an impressive question because it lets that interviewer know that you're really here and you're about your business. So good. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Just to reset real quick, my name is Stephanie Lanes. I'm talking about money issues in our beauty business. I'm the owner of Stephanie Lanes Institute, Smooth Skin Supply, creator of Say Brazil and the Seven Minute Brazilian Technique. Um, I am starting to come on to Clubhouse a little bit more because my uh, master classes have launched already. I was supposed to be on the first, but they're already open. People are already registering, which is interesting. But um, we're just talking through money issues in the beauty business and how we can get over them and how we can tackle them. I have Angela Green on stage, who is the creator of the cost per service worksheet that I recommend all of the time, um, specifically to beauty businesses who have not understood how services on your service menu really work. So um, is there anyone that has any questions that would like to come on stage and have conversations with us about either money issues, their business, or any other advice that you wanna talk about um, Tonight, I try to keep everything to an hour. So if you uh, don't have anything to say, that is absolutely fine. Make sure you're following the moderators that are in the group and everyone that's on the stage as well. Um, I will try to come back from time to time to do these things until I get my own room. And then from there, um, I will randomly be coming on, especially supporting all of my students in my master classes. But is there anyone else that would like to come up and have a conversation about their business, what you're trying to do in your business? Um, do you have credit questions, which is a great one, or business credit questions. Um, we are definitely an open book. Angela and I have been doing this for quite a long time. Um, we have, uh, we used to be our accountability partner to each other when we were in business together all of those years ago. We would call each other every single week and keep each other motivated. Um, we helped each other out when we needed to as well. We borrowed products when we needed to to get through. So. We have definitely been in it. Stella, thank you for joining us on stage. What would you like to Just a quick question. Um, I want the business credit part is where I'm having a lot of difficulty in um, because I didn't realize you got to build it like regular credit, which I started, but I just feel like I have to do a little more, but I'm finding out maybe I'm not doing the right research, but especially with our industry, there's not a lot or they find it. Um, I forgot the word they were using, but it they're iffy about our industry, I guess, because the money goes up and down, up and down like a roller coaster. I don't know. So guidance on how to build. What type of business credit are you looking for? Are you saying more business cards or line of credit? Line of and credit. So, did they tell you what they were asking for to look at your line of credit? No, not not really. They didn't give me a generalized information of what they are specifically looking for. Then again, I probably am using the wrong people to begin with. I don't know. Okay, so my first question is: Is did you go through your bank? No. Okay, so this is a third-party line of credit. Yes. Okay. And so did you ask them what they were seeking from you in order for them to, for them to approve you? I know they wanted to see more profit coming in. Okay. Which is understandable because I haven't really, I have, let's just be honest. I haven't opened yet. So, Oh honey. Okay. So let's go <laughs> ahead. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. So let's go ahead and really put all the cards on the table. As Angela says, face up. Why are you asking for a line of credit without any business transactions or business history? 
Because I thought that was how you build credit, sort of. Okay. So line of credit is very different than business credit cards. So it's, it might be easier for you to get a business credit card than it would a line of credit. So most banks, non-banks want to see you generating twenty-five dollars to $50,000 a month to give you a line of credit. They want to see a revolving, they call it a heartbeat where it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. But they want to see that you have history of utilizing your business credit cards and paying them off before they will give you a line of credit. So it's harder for you to get a line of credit than it is a business credit card. The other thing that is counted on for both is your credit score. So is your personal credit score good at least? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Is. So your thoughts of not doing a business credit card was because of what? Well, and that's another thing which brings me probably to my second question, because I don't know if I want to work. I don't know the proper term for it, but you know, like those places that house beauty entrepreneurs in them. Yes. You, want, the, you don't want to do yes, a suite, a suite. Yes. Right. Or if I want to do a brick and mortar. So because you live in Texas and Plano, I live in, well, I'm coming back and I'm going to live in Melissa. And as you know, Melissa, there's not a lot of estheticians. It's kind of empty. So I wanted to establish a space up there. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Which is, okay. which is fine. Okay. But here's, here's, here's my question because I feel like you're putting the cart before the horse, right? You don't have a business yet, right? Correct but you're wanting to borrow money on a on a business that you don't have. Correct. Mm -hmm. What I would encourage you to do in this moment, because here's the thing, the money game is a mean and crazy game, right? But it's an amazing game. If you can, if you know how to play it and the money game in general, and let's, let's just talk about the credit portion of the money game. They want to see history. So they want to see you have money in your business account sitting. They don't want to see zero. They want to see it sit. So I would suggest you one, establish your business. You could get a very low business credit card. Capital one has a great one where it's only a thousand dollars and it'll help you establish your business credit. And then when you start having your tax returns, you have your bookkeeper doing your quarterly, when you can show whoever you've come, come to for your um, line of credit that you have money consistently, then it's a different conversation. Right now, you're all in hypotheticals. And unfortunately, in the money game, they don't deal in hypotheticals. They deal in numbers, in green numbers or red numbers. So for, for you, your plan of action should be getting your cost per service, looking at real estate if you're going to do it. I'm not a fan of, of renting in a salon suite. You pay more money than you do if you paid monthly. Many of y'all don't listen. I paid $350 a month. So you don't have to necessarily be where everyone is. That's not really how your business is. Your business is based on you, but you also have to get somewhere where you can afford.
And salon suites are not cheap, even in a small town. So if you can find a brick and mortar that works within your budget, get the business up, get it established, have your business credit, and then work from there to come and ask for a line of credit. But line of credit is, is, is hard to do if you don't have any numbers, you don't have any tax returns, you don't have any bookkeeping quarter, QuickBooks reports, none of that that you can say here. So the line of credit that I use, I literally attached my whole QuickBooks to their system and they could see years. And then they just gave me the credit because they see years of money-making activity. So I hope that helps. I hope, I hope that helps and gives you a little bit more clarification. Even I would for you, if I were you, go the business credit route. Ange, did you have? Yes, absolutely. And um, as you know, I um, have shifted gears and still do uh, some work in the beauty business, but working in financial services for the past four, four almost five years, I want to just kind of give you a roadmap. Now, this is no substitute for, you know, financial advice from a financial advisor, disclaimer, 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 but um, just really step by step. And I'm not sure if you've done these things or not, but go to a local bank. It could be a credit union, but get yourself into a bank. You have to start the process. Make sure you have a business designated checking and savings account. Get an automatic transfer from the checking to the savings. And I'm going to explain why this is important in just a bit. Once you qualify, see if you qualify for that business uh, credit card, the whole goal and also make deposits to your business account. If you have to deposit a certain amount of money on a certain day from whatever you're doing now, if you get a part-time gig, um, I don't know, uh, work from home and it's with maybe an online retailer, or maybe you work at, you know, the CVS or Walgreens for, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week, designate a certain amount of money to your beauty business on a regular and consistent basis. They need to see consistent deposits. And that's really your, your start off point. Once you get enough money in that account to go ahead and make that deposit on the space or salon suite or whatever space you get, start there and move forward. The whole goal of everything I've just described is to establish a relationship. And when you go into that bank, you have a relationship banker that specializes in the small business. When they see the consistency and the activity in your account over six months to a year, this is how you establish a relationship with the bank. Deposit all the money, tips, uh, side hustles, deposit the money into this account so they can see a consistent pattern of deposits. Deposits are what banks are, is the foundation of the banking industry as a whole. And they take that money and they do other things with it. But for the purpose of you getting yourself established as a business, these are just some really preliminary steps. If you haven't completed these things, some of these things already, get on track with that. And I don't, it doesn't matter if it's a small amount, but make sure those deposits are very consistent and that they are increasing over time. And once you get a snapshot of six months, um, a year, four quarters, then you can start to really leverage that relationship with the bank to then um, a, a get an increase on that credit card. Credit card, we think about interest. They go hand in hand, but there are ways that you can pay the credit card so that you're not paying that interest. Um, but again, you have to have that money coming in some way, somehow. Um, there are days early on when I first purchased my spots, I purchased from an existing owner and she, a lot of her clientele, you know, came back some of them didn't and there were days that I counted that same $50 till <laughs> petty cash in the morning that I did at night but after time 
uh, we got more clients, we had more referrals, we began to work the systems in the process. There were days that I stayed much later counting all that money. So again, I would really just encourage you to start off with the basics, business checking, business savings, automatic deposits from the checking to the savings once a month, even if you have to transfer it back. Um, business credit card, pay the credit card off so that you're not incurring a huge amount of interest, if any, and whatever you need to do to maybe you know establish yourself with some sort of side hustle or just something on a full or part-time basis to put money in the bank consistently is where you really need to start. And then you have an opportunity to leverage that relationship with the Thank you. And I am doing those things right now. So we're and why are you not start. talking? Have you gotten a relationship uh, banker or uh, small business? That banker? part I did not know you needed to have. So I yes, will go back. Definitely do that. That's the best okay. way. I have two banks that I work with, and I have well the other one I don't, but the smaller one I do, um, and that's the the bank that I use to do my PPP loans. That all went through my relationship manager. They were all approved. They were all um, uh, forgiven as well. So yes, definitely have a relationship and get this and ask, do you have a small business banker um, for new accounts or how does it work in this specific uh, financial institution? And they love that because at the end of the day, just like Angela said, the banks make money off us. So the more money we give them, the more willing they're, they're wanting to have someone uh, reach out to you to get more, if that makes sense. But definitely good luck, Stella. We'll reset the room real quick. Does anyone have any questions that they would like to talk to us about? You're in the beauty industry. You are having some money issues. Are you wanting to discuss some things that you're working on in your business right now? Um, we are here. Angela and I both uh, have about we're at 18 years, 17 years in the industry. We both had uh, salons and spas. I had uh, two spas. Angela had one. I met her when I was a rep and I uh, was getting my hair done next to her spa and I would go in and Angela was big on the oils then. She was the one of the first um, spas to carry. Uh, what, what did you carry, Angela? Your oils. What's, what, um, oh, Lord. What is her name? Uh, Carol's daughter. Yes, Carol's daughter products. Yes. Of course, local 2L products in the base. Yes. So I came in there and said, uh, ma'am, do uh, you got a whole lot of oils up in here? You Do you want to make some money? She's like, ain't nothing wrong with my oils. <laughs> I said, let's make some money. Let's get some pills up in here. And so that's how we established our relationship. And we have been very good friends ever since holding each other accountable, working together. She is our vice president of education with Smooth Skin Supply and taking care of our educators and training and all of that. So um, we are opening up ourselves to talking to clients, uh, excuse me, estheticians. We've been doing this for a long, long time. And our goal has always been to make sure that estheticians and beauty professionals do not make the same money mistakes and money decisions that we made so that you do not have to dig your way out. And the thing about it is, is that we in our industry do not talk about the money side. We're great to brag on how many clients are on our books. We're great at showing pictures on the cash at the table and all this other stuff. However, when it comes down to A plus B equals C, we don't want to talk about those things. And that's something that I have been very um, intentional about because I did not have great credit. I did not make great money decisions. 
I uh, robbed Peter to pay Paul. I had staff and I paid them first and I didn't have anything left over. So when I was writing my book in 2017, talking about paying myself, it was really therapeutic because I was seeing the things that I put in place are things we don't talk about. No one tells you to save your tips. No one tells you that you have to not put your tips in your, in your wallet. No one talks about cutting up your debit cards. All of those things have to be in place and you have to become more money conscious because it is a tool. But if you don't look at it as a tool and you look at it to a means to an end, you're going to stay in that money issue cycle. And so when I get people in my inbox talking to me about, oh, but you know, I can't get a credit card. I also did not have a credit card. I had my mother and my sister open up credit cards for my business because my credit was so bad. So I'm not talking from someone who's like, oh, no, 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 no. I had very bad credit. I had very bad money issues. Um, but I can say now, years later, looking back on it, if I didn't go through all of that to come tonight to share with you, I would do everybody a disservice if I got up here and just said, oh, I had no money issues and my multi-million dollar company is you know, phenomenal and I never had any problems. That is not me. I've been very honest in my journey. I've been very honest in sharing um, the lessons that I have learned uh, as hard as they are and as, um, you know, I'm not even talking about being a single mom. I'm not even talking about having my child with my sister in the back room and I breastfeed her in between clients because my staff quit when I was in day two after my C-section. Like I never, I'm, I'm not talking as someone who, you know, had everything together. Like I've been that person. I have walked those shoes. I understand exactly when people come to me and talk to me and I say, I know. But what I have done is I've consistently shared so that when you're thinking about whatever decision you're going to make, that it's not done behind closed doors and then you make a mistake and you don't have anybody to talk to or relate to, right? Because that's the biggest thing about our industry is understanding we all make mistakes. We were not set up to be business owners. What we were set up to be is licensed beauty professionals. We were sold the dream that we were gonna make hundreds of dollars and only work three days a week. But we weren't given the truth that this is a back-breaking industry. You are going to work until you have joint problems, back problems, knee problems. We don't talk about that, right? So when you do decide to become an owner, how do you hire people? How can you pay someone and you don't pay yourself? When do you bring someone in? Do you hire an esthetician or do you hire a gopher? Angela, I talk about this all the time. If we ever decide to go back to the treatment room, we're not hiring no staff. No. We will hire an assistant. She'll turn my room over, check people in and out. But mm -mm. we've done it. Angela, had, how many staff did you have, Angela? Five, six? I think she has six. Yeah, it fluctuated. But yeah, between I had um, three rooms, so... Uh, some were part-time, some were full-time, and I had the Manny Petty area. So, yeah, certainly had um, up to up to six uh, during, you know, uh, the summertime especially. I employed interns, people who were in school that showed a lot of promise, and I would bring them in. That's free, in other words, free labor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, no, it was just an exchange of time and, you know, put together a, a proposal and 
shot that out to a couple of schools and said, hey, if anyone wants to come and be an intern for me for 10 to 15 hours a week, come on in. And they started off with, you know, our um, our entry point facial. Uh, they did lip and chin waxes. Um, so I really took the time to train them. And actually, um, a couple of them have gone on to have very successful businesses. Um, so, yeah, that time investment really paid off for, for them and for me just to watch them grow. So, uh, yeah, certainly had six during more peak seasons and employed interns as well in my business. And um, it's very rewarding to watch. them. So, yes, we, we, we've done it all. I opened two spas. I had one with the doctor and then I got pregnant. He was an OBG, so it happens. And then I moved back home and then I opened a second spa. And then that's when I opened up Smooth Skin Supply in one of my treatment rooms. I had a full staff massage therapist. I had um, estheticians and receptionists. Um, and I also worked for a doctor while I had my other business. So I was doing all her consultations. So I've done everything in the industry that you can possibly do. Um, but what's most rewarding for Angela and I both or is to talk to estheticians and really get you guys to understand you are not alone. This is not something that is just happening to you. This is industry wide and we definitely need to have more conversations about it because it does affect your bottom line. The reason we have so many estheticians that in business, beauty business people that run into the industry and then they leave after two years is because they were never prepared for those ebbs and flows. They weren't prepared for 10 people <laughs> tomorrow and then nobody the next day. Like psychologically, how do you deal with that? Is that normal? Which it absolutely is. So anyone else would like to come on stage and talk with us for a little bit before we jump out of here? Thank you, Carmisha and Stella. Um, thank you, Beauty by Bash, for coming on. Um, you know, we all love to have a good time and have conversations. Is there anyone else that'd like to come up? Don't be shy. No? Okay, well, I guess we'll go ahead and close for tonight. You can click on my picture and grab my Instagram. My masterclass has already started, my free masterclass, which is how to monetize your Facebook group. Everybody should have, oh, Mia. Hey, Mia, how are you? Come on Hey, in. beautiful. How are you tonight? I'm well, I'm well. Um, I love this this topic of, of what you guys are speaking on this evening. Um, forgive me, I'm gonna put my seat on, I'm driving home. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I just got my, um, changed my status of my business from a um, sole proprietor to a corporation. And I just learned about like, um, you know, the Duns in Brad, Brad Street, Brad, or Duns number. Um, but can you guys kind of like speak on that or I, I, um, I, I understand like that I have to start to build a, a business credit and I do have a, a checking account for my business. Um, but I, I, I'm just working on just buying some supplies so I can have some, like you said, frequent activity, like a I'm anti duns. That's just me personally. Um, I've never done it. They've hounded me to have a number. I think it's just outdated to be honest. Um, so I'm anti duns. So you don't want to, no, no, <laughs> I'm just I'd being honest with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm anti duns. Um, however, when you go to your corp, do you have a bookkeeper now or someone who keeps your books? I've been doing everything myself. Oh ma'am. Okay. So let's stay here for a little bit. So, when you're a corporation, you're S-Corp or C-Corp? S-Corp. S-Corp. So 
do you have payroll for yourself? Um, well, see, I just been by myself. Um, I, I have a do training, um, but usually the people they'll come and train, but they'll, they go off and do their own thing. Um, so usually I, I don't really have a lot of staff. It might just be one or two people, but um, I'm, I never really had. So do you have yourself on payroll as an employee? And what kind of business do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just like talking <laughs> and, and I don't want to um, take up all your time. I know you guys are getting ready to close, but um, I was just curious about that. Uh, but I have a salon. Uh, we do lashes and microblading here in the Silicon Valley um, in San Jose. Okay. And so you're an esthetician? Yes, ma'am. I'm esthetician. Uh, okay. And so you do not put yourself on payroll? I want to make sure I'm clear. Um, well, I do. I pay myself out. Um, I, I do hear that, you know, I should be using an S Corp. Um, but I, that's just everything is just like kind of new to me. I'm just kind of like transferring over to having the corporation. So just try to. OK, so so let's stay. Let's push the corporation aside. Do you have yourself on payroll? Yes or no? Um, I guess not. I mean, OK. So as an S Corp, you're going to need to not do a draw. So a draw means, and I used to love draw, is you just take money out of the business and you write it to yourself, right? Okay, okay. The S Corp is going to give you tax shelter benefits. One of those benefits is that you become an employee. The other great benefit about S Corp is you can take disbursements. So the disbursements are over and above your salary. Oh my gosh, you're blowing me away. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. I'm actually yes. pull over and take a little bit of note. Yes. So you definitely need a payroll company that can keep track of that because you want to do as many things as you can to get the tax benefits of an S Corp, right? Um so if you don't have anything that's organized, a draw is not going to do it because you, you need to be paying into your Social Security. And, and Angela can talk a little bit more about that because that's specifically that's tied to the employee and employee benefits. But as an S Corp, you need to have some things in order. Payroll is one. You definitely need a bookkeeper that can keep track of your um, inventory, your payroll, your taxes. Because with S Corp, you're supposed to pay estimated taxes every quarter. Not sure if you know that. And then as an employee, you have to actually pay quarterly taxes for that as well, which you can pay a payroll company to do for you, which I would suggest. Um, and then you need to get, keep track of your disbursements that are on top of your salary. So um, did I miss anything, Angela? I know you can chime in on the. Uh yes, absolutely. Um, Putting yourself on payroll is one of the hidden gems to um, tax uh, managing uh, from a tax perspective. Um, as we all know, there's a major tax game uh, when you're self-employed. And it's not always just the money you make, but it's also the amount of money you keep based on your tax status. And that's the whole pur purpose of 
well, one of the purposes of uh, filing for an S corp is to separate yourself from the business so you have a buffer. But the primary reason is really for your tax filing, right? So when you put yourself on payroll and say, let's just say that you make it pretty simple, easy through a payroll service, check with your bank to see what service they may um, you know, endorse or provide. There's paychecks. Um, you can Google payroll for one and a number of businesses will come up that will offer you payroll. But essentially, you become your own employee. So from that perspective, you can qualify to pay your benefits before taxes. So that money is never taxed. You can also take advantage of pre-tax savings accounts. Um, your um, health care savings account is something that you would roll over from year to year. It's really more of a tax savings, um, invest, more of an investment tool. So you can always use that money for medical expenses. I went to the dentist today and they were like, oh, you got an extra cleaning, $85 boom, here's my FSA card and it's paid for and that money is never, taxes never see that money because it comes out of your uh, your paycheck before taxes. Um, if you have- oh, wow, that's amazing. Like I wanted to pay for my mom's healthcare and she's uh -huh. actually- I am going there. Yep. I was going right there, Mia. If you have dependents, there's a dependent care account. I use it for my son. Or you can use it for, a, you know, again, a, a registered dependent, such as an elderly parent. And until he was 13, and of course, there's some guidelines you'll have to meet. But if you have a parent that you uh, claim on taxes and things you need to take care of, you can pay for that person's medical expenses as well. And again, your money is never taxed. Let's just say that your tax rate is somewhere around 30%. You save that money. You The, the government never sees it. So there are lots of options for your health care, for your dependent care, um, for um, if you uh, are in a space where you need to take care of parking, there's even benefits to that. So the payroll company would actually sit with you. They have a consultant. They would sit with you and say, okay, what is your corporate status? Um, how often do you want to be paid? Um, and there's lots of other options that they will give you in terms of how to better manage your um, income so that you do actually realize the tax benefit of truly being an escort. Incredible. Well, that was so much more. I'm following you both. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so, so you're welcome. Yes, we can't see to can't wait to see you flourish in that. That's an exciting thing for S Corp. There's a lot of benefits. And you know what? Anytime you can take any free classes online, um, if you follow me on Instagram and you go to my link tree, I actually have a link to a payroll company called Gusto. I use that for one of my businesses. It's all online. They walk you through. It's so easy. I think if you click that link and you sign up or you say 20, 25 dollars, something like that. Um, but I like Gusto because it's all done on an app. So if I need to call them and have questions, I ask questions, but it took me through it so simple. I'm an S Corp. I want to do this. I want to pay myself once a month. Um, do I want a 401k or do I want to put money in savings? Can I split my income and put it in two different accounts? So payroll is definitely something that you want to aspire to, but it also will give you validity. So when we were talking to Stella about business, transactions and business credit and lines of credit, they want to see that you're a valid business. Valid businesses fall under payroll. So if you can take that step to payroll, it validates your business even more because there's a lot of beauty businesses that love draw and draw is fine. But when it comes to taxes, as Angela said, you're going to be paying 30, 35%, which means that every dollar you make 35 cents of that is going to go to taxes. So our goal, the longer we're in business, is to establish 
at S Corp, C Corp, depending on what you can do in your state so that we lessen that 35 cents on every dollar. So I hope that makes sense. And I hope that, you know, those of you guys who are in the room and you're really thinking about payroll, payroll, especially going into the new year, start your business off right. You may not know all your numbers. You may not be great with numbers, but at least put things into place to where you're doing them correctly. I didn't always have a bookkeeper. I didn't always have a CPA, but even when the bookkeeper came, she hurt my head because I'm like, I don't understand. I, I'll, all I need to do is just have you do the numbers. Why are, why are you talking to me about this? And she's the one that told me you should have a line of credit. You make a lot of money. There is companies that will give you lines of credit and lines of credit. If you don't know the difference between a line of credit and a credit card is, is that if you have a business credit card, you might pay eight, nine, 10%, depending on how great your credit is, sometimes 11 or 12 lines of credit. I pay 1% of the total 1%. Uh -huh. All right. Thank you, Mia. Is there anybody else who would like to come on stage before we close down? I know we, we Angela and I can talk forever. You know, we have great conversations all the time. But is there anyone else that'd like to come up? Brittany, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you for having me. Can you guys hear me? Yes, ma'am. OK, so I feel like y'all going to attack me once I say this, but because <laughs> uh, I listen to you guys, I definitely listen to you, Miss Stephanie Lanes, and I respect you. But let me try to make this quick because I know you guys want to get off of here. Um, if I can try to explain it, um, I let's say I'm a start over business. So I've been starting and stopping forever. And I don't want to stop anymore this time. Um, but as you have stated, you know, when you go to beauty school, you just get taught the services. And the whole business part is just kind of like a whole nother game. So like right now, I'm, I would say, put me in a category is pretty fresh. Like I just have an LLC. I don't have a business credit or anything like that. I just learned about that this year. So I guess if, and you probably might've already talked about this cause I'm just now joining. Um, I didn't know you guys were on, but um, I guess for someone that is just kind of working in a salon and just kind of doing it from day to day or when you have clients and they just want to, I guess, grow properly, how would, I guess, what would you say I need to, or where would I start at? Let's start with what do you want to do, Miss Brittany? <laughs> Uh, I, well, I'm sorry. I'm an esthetician. I currently do brow waxing. Okay. Um, I love facials, but right now where I'm at, I do not have that opportunity. So right now my focus is just brow waxing and building that up so that I can get into another space where I can do all of the things that I want to do, which is more different waxing services and um excuse me uh my child is in the background sorry she's very small that's okay <laughs> uh, different uh waxing services and um 
facials and all of that. So, so tell us what your situation is now. Cause you keep bringing up, you said that you said my situation now three times. What is your situation? I currently work in hair salon. It's an okay. open hair salon. So I just, I have a booth there okay. and I currently just do brow waxing, you know, lip chin, anything that's basically facing up okay. every now and then I'll do like underarms, but I do what's appropriate because I'm out in the open. And why is it that you've not maximized the brow, lip and chin? Um, uh, I'm not sure if I understand the question. So do you not like working where you're at? Um, I do. It's just like, I don't have my own room or anything. So it's not, I guess I feel like I have, like, I literally have a salon little booth. So it's like a hairstylist next to me. And then I'm okay. You know what I mean? I so do. Now, do you follow Nick Townsend? I do. I love And you know stuff. that he has the same setup like salon? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Because so you know it can be done. Yes, I do know it can be done. Okay. And so do you not want to make the best of that? Or are you really wanting to get your own space? Um. Mm, okay. Let me just be quiet about uh, complaining about where I'm at then. Um, I, I don't, I would like to make the best of where I'm at because I really do love the atmosphere. Um, I just, I guess I just kept thinking that where I'm at is just like, I don't have, like, I don't have any space for if I wanted to retail, I don't have any, like, it's just, it's little yes. spot. You so know, here's the thing. That, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have so much at your fingertips. I'm over here just, oh. You have so much. You have a booth. You have a space that you rent from week to week, from month to month. You can maximize exactly what you're doing uh, without getting into too much detail. Um, look at what you're, what's what is costing you to deliver your brow wax services. How can you expand on that? Are you offering uh, brow lamination? Are you offering brow tinting? You can set up, Nick is a great, just an amazing example of what you can do with just one booth space. Um, you listen to his story. He was doing brows in the bathroom at the department store at one point in time. Okay. So you can get a display that's going to fit on your station with brow pencils and brow gel. You have so much opportunity right where you are to, to deliver an awesome service to your client. And it's no one's to say that you can't provide them with a mini facial in that chair. Pull that chair back at yourself, your cleanser, your, um, you know, a, a simple enzyme exfoliator. Um, if you can, if you can't pull up a steamer, you can certainly use really hot towels give them a version of a facial that will really pamper them in that moment you have so much of what you need to be successful right where you are and then you take that opportunity and you build on that to to and what i'm feeling and hearing is, is i don't have or my situation is you are a licensed esthetician and you are licensed and you invested in yourself to go to school and to get this um your certifications and to get your license to do exactly what you want to be doing. But you have to start with the language and how you're talking about it. You have, I have, I am, I be. Yeah. <laughs> you have so much at your fingertips. And I'm just I'm envisioning a, a you know, my, and again, part of my story is that my mother did hair. 
So I saw a lot of things go really, really well. I saw a lot of things not go so well. Uh, but I saw owners who set up their own beauty supplies and did so many things. So you have everything you need. You And I'm, let's not even touch on your virtual retail space that you might even have. Uh, you can have products there on display. Have a tablet sit, sitting right there where they can make their purchase online. Boom, boom, boom. And don't get fancy and add Zezzle or uh, you know multi-payment plan. And they can have their whole skincare routine from you. So you have so much opportunity right where you are, sis. I, I cannot even stress it enough. But thank you for that time. Because I'm just over here. <laughs> I, I, y'all don't know how much I needed to hear that. Uh, I really appreciate that uh, from both of you. It's just a lot, I guess. Because it's, you know, part of it was fear. And it was like, well, it's just this little spot. And I'm just doing this. And. I do. I did um, download your cost per service, uh, Miss Green. So I did do that, and I'm seeing that what I charge is actually fine. Um, I just need to work hours. I need to just put in the hours, honestly. There you go. I, um, and I know you've used it because I I hear what you're saying. So you've definitely got in there. You plug the numbers in. But that's one of the big ahas that from the cost per service worksheet, people will go into there and say, okay, I'm only working 10 hours a week. Uh-oh, I'm not making enough money. And it shows you that. So thank you for using the worksheet to, to start to plan your business out. I can. Yes, thank you, ladies, so You're much. You're welcome. And definitely it. multiple streams of income. The reason I have a masterclass on monetizing your Facebook group, that ain't got nothing to do about your, about your chair in a salon. <laughs> I know. I was going to ask if, well, I'm sure you was probably going to say yes anyway, but I was going to ask with somebody that is super, I guess, I don't want to say I'm a beginner. It's just someone that keeps starting over would benefit because I, when I say I'm so green at this, literally, <laughs> I'm just, yes. What I've no, been. And here's the thing, you know, it's sometimes for some people, you need to have a space where you can just watch it over and over again and go step by step. Right. The mm -hmm. reason I talk about the virtual space so heavily is because that's another income stream that doesn't require you to walk into your business to earn income. We have okay. to get out of the mindset that we can only make money when we touch people. Okay. You have people that I'm pretty sure have asked you what that brow powder is or what that brow pencil is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's mm -hmm. a sale. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. You get your people in your group and you show them how to use the brow pencil or the brow powder. You don't think they're going to want to buy it? No. Yes, ma'am. I, okay. I do. So you have the tools. Our goal is to get you to realize that the tools don't necessarily mean you walk into the door, you turn on the light, you warm up your wax, and it can only happen while someone's sitting in your chair. Those days are gone. So the reason I'm doing monetizing your Facebook group is because your current clientele will invite their family and friends. Mm -hmm. That's a virtual space that you don't do anything but post a link. Okay. But we don't want to get past the, well, I only work this. No, my goal is to earn money on a 24 hour clock. Not when I walk into my business or when I leave, but 24 hours a day, I want people to give my business money. So in order for me to do that, I have to make it as easy as possible. That's how you need to think about your business. So when Angela says that you're doing a brow wax and they love the pencil you use, you have your tablet right there, ma'am. How many can I get for you? You can either, um, we can either pick this up or I can drop it into the mail to you, What's, whatever you do. Like you have to be so proactive 
into allowing the people to give you money. Because guess what? When they're in that chair, they're expecting to give you money. Okay. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Right. <laughs> as, as, as Angela already knows, I'm going to ask you, do you want the money? I want the money. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, thank you. Miss Cassie, you jumped up on stage, honey. How can we help you tonight? Hi. Um, I just wanted to um, say I love what you just said about um, the only way not to make up the that um having someone in your chair isn't the only way to make money and that was amazing because i was literally just thinking like what could i do next and um the other thing um when you were speaking to mia and you were talking about like the s corp and taxes and all that um i had just quit i just quit my job um may of this year to go full-time in my business but i was like official official as of on paperwork as of march of this year what's like one amazing advice you could give for like this tax season coming up um you know i made a lot of money and i made it really fast especially with training and stuff so i'm just a little nervous i'd love to just hear kind of like your input on that so what do you mean by when you say you made a lot of money and by training what give, so, yeah, like, I'm, I'm I literal. So just I tell offer, me what exactly I offer um, services and I do uh, classes as well. I'm just saying in terms of leaving from nine to five and making like, you know, uh, like more than 10K uh, a month and something that I've never been used to. I just usually put my W2s up. So I was like wondering what great advice could you give for this tax season that I could like make sure that I'm doing to prepare for that. I think it's a little bit more than just tax season. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I for, think for yeah. you is, is what is the structure of your business? So As how is your business structured? So... Are you a sole prop? Oh, yes. Yes. So LLC. You're LLC. And do you, mm -hmm. I'm going to go again. Do you have payroll? No. And that is because? This is year one. I'm literally just trying to figure out everything. You know, at times you hear, oh, get your LLC. So that was one of the things. Like, I just wanted to make sure I was at least, you know, registered. So maybe next year things can change. But like. So For here's now. the thing, and I've been audited twice. There, it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with time limit. Okay. So you're taking a draw, right? So you just take yeah. a lump sum yeah. of money every week, every other week, and once a month. How are mm -hmm. you doing it? Okay. Uh, every two weeks. And every two weeks. Okay. So if we do a round number, right? We're going to do, I'm just going to say $1,000 every two weeks. Mm -hmm. 350 of that is going to go to taxes. Right. So do you have a way to lower that tax responsibility? You do, but the easiest way to do that is to set up the payroll. Okay. Because when you're an employee, then you can get paid double. So you're paid as an owner for having the LLC. And mm -hmm. then you have your employee, you're the employee mm -hmm. that you pay yourself. Okay, so your advice is just to become, put you myself need to have on payroll. payroll. Got it. So the Thank minute you. you do payroll, right, then you can go and do other things. You get a tax break when you do 401k. Mm -hmm. Are you aware of that? No, I was not. Okay, so your payroll company can do the 401k for you, so it's all done at one time. So the reason I always say to go to payroll is because if you're giving yourself a draw and you have nothing to counteract that draw, 
You're not putting the money in a bank somewhere. $350 is not going anywhere to sit and look to pay taxes because you're going to owe because you have a profit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it comes when you give yourself money. It has nothing to do with expenses. That has nothing to do with you paying rent. It has nothing to do with what you buy for your supplies. It's literally what you pay yourself. So you want to minimize that tax responsibility. Got it. Okay. So the more cash you put into your pocket, the more taxes you're going to pay. Yeah. My pocket specific, not the business, not, not, you're not saying like the business's pocket. So here's My the way you're doing it with your draw. Because you're the owner, you're taking money out of the business. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're putting it into your personal account, right? Mm -hmm. It's going straight from a thousand from business to a thousand to your personal. personal. Mm -hmm. Right. There's nothing in between. When you put payroll in between that, they're going to take out your employment taxes. They're going to take out Social Security. They're going to take out disability and they're going to take out your 401k payment. You now have four different things that are on paper that will qualify for tax shelters. Oh, OK. Does that make sense? That was so, good to know. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can't. Yeah, you can't. Pay now you're going to pay later. There you go. <laughs> you're yeah. going to pay though. And okay. the thing is, is that it has nothing to do with time. And that's why I encourage a lot of solos, you get your payroll. And here's the thing. And I said this when we had PPP. A lot of people didn't get PPP in the beginning because they didn't have payroll. Yes, that's true. I, I was working at the bank at that time. So I saw mm -hmm. that. So for you, yeah. like I said, I have an easy one. Gusto, I absolutely love. It's all done on the app. So it's not anything complicated. I have a big company, so I use paychecks and I have a rep and whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. But if it's just you, Gusto is really easy. If you click the link in my bio and my link tree, I have a link to Gusto and it'll give you some, some money off when you sign up with it. But it's like literally a step-by-step. Step. step one, what is your business name? Step two, what do you want to be listed as? How often do you want to pay yourself? How much do you want to pay yourself? Do you have more than one account? Like it literally walks you through that process. So it's not super scary. Okay. Then, Does that make sense? That makes a ton okay. of sense. And it's, do you think it will be best to start maybe fresh for January or should I start now? No, you definitely want to start for January. January. Yeah, we're we're okay. look, we're past it. everything in taxes is six months. So once you're past June first, honey, yeah, you might as well. Right. Okay. That that was very very uh, helpful. Yeah, Cassie, um, I was just gonna add really quickly. If you yeah. have any, you know, funds, you know, kind of left over, you know, December is a great month to make investments in your business. So if I was you just about to ask that, <laughs> yes, yes, it's a great month to make investments in your business because you know, you want every opportunity to minimize that tax liability. And of course, if you're buying supplies, equipment, inventory, um, training, you know, mm -hmm. you pay it in the month of December, get it because those are ultimately write-offs, any money that's spent in the month of December. So if you need, um, and you know, we're not really, you know, promoting equipment, for, especially for new estheticians, but you've pretty, pretty well established yourself. What do you need to replace? What supplies? I was actually going to go buy two MacBooks, one for like, Per, well, personal business to work from home and then one for the studio. Yes. So that was what I was going to purchase for this, for December. Yes. So get so, those investments done and that way that money is spent in 2021 and that will yes. go towards minimizing your tax liability because those are business expenses. So that's another avenue to try to minimize as much as you can um, before yeah. the year. And I've done, I've done about like, honestly, I have spent about maybe 15000 
or or more on trainings alone this year so i'm pretty sure that should be written off perfectly so thank you i do appreciate you ladies Excellent. thank you for coming you're welcome all right anybody else we've been up in here talking look y'all getting into it honey yes let's talk about this money stuff the thing is is that we love talking about strategies like this especially in your business it's why we encourage you know everyone to really look at your business from a different point of view pull the emotion back right pull the fear back and let's just look at the dollars and the cents because at the end of the day you're in business to make money and if you're not going to make money uh, in the business and you're doing a lot of free services or you're not making the right money decisions and that's where we start talking about our money issues it doesn't end right and i've said this if you have money issues in your personal life it's going to roll over to the business. It's just, that's just how it is. It will show up and you're like, damn, you know, but no, you've already been doing this in your personal. So when we talk about, you know, putting yourself on payroll and getting established and actually designating money so that the government and the banks are seeing that you're paying into taxes and you're paying all these things. It's not like you just get a lump sum of money because like I've shared with you, I've been audited twice. And I'm trying to think both times were before I actually did payroll. It was when I was doing draws because they love to get people who do draws because draw has no tax implication. It goes from your business to your bank account. That's it. But when you set up that payroll and you start paying into your different things and you start establishing your 401k and you get a check, it changes the way the IRS looks at your business. Now, now you're legit, right? So at some point you need to make up your mind and say, okay, and here's the thing. When I first started payroll, I wasn't giving myself a whole lot of money. I maybe gave myself $500 a week just to, just to establish it. And then of course I moved it up, but I really started off very low because it wasn't the amount. It was the consistency. It was the paying into the social security, the disability and all of these other things. It was showing the government and the bank that I had the right things in place. And the reason I bring up the PPP is because a lot of small businesses didn't get PPP because it was a payroll loan. But if you have no payroll, how are you gonna get it? And I'm sorry, draws are not considered payroll. I hate to say it. Definitely. I know y'all want to Can I ask be. you a quick question or yep. anybody else on the stage? Um, I don't know if anyone might know anything about this, but does anyone know how to, how it works to do when you tithe, like for your tithing? Um, yeah. So tithing would be under your personal income tax. It would not be under your business unless you're tithing through the business, which means you'd have to write a check and then have the church give you your statement at the end of the year. Yes. Stating that your business gave $5,000 for the year. And then you could do it that way. That would be called a, con uh, a charitable contribution. Crap. But I wish I could do that. Okay. Yeah. Typically that kind of stuff is done through your personal. Um, and that's why, again, I love to encourage solo beauty business owners to really get your payroll down because the payroll takes half of that issue away. Right. And then when you add in your 401k, then they're going to give you a benefit for doing that. So then when you go onto the personal side of taxes and you have your charitable contributions, your donations, which is what they call it, then you now have a record 
on your personal side, which should lower some things as well. So the goal of your taxes is to lower on paper how much it says you actually have. Right? So if I make this amount and then I have all my deductions, this is what I really have. So you have gross and then you have all your deductions and then you have the real number. But if you have a gross and then just your number and it's the same, then they're, they, they, gonna, they, they want their money. The government, like Angela said, they're going to get it one way or the other. So really start thinking about, especially if you have a profit and profit is anything over your expenses. And Angela has a really good, Angela, can you share with us, uh, everybody before we jump, I keep saying we're going to go, but can you share with everybody the profit conversation, especially after your expenses and you as the expense? Yes. Um, so this is one of the elements of the cost per service worksheet, but, um, essentially you do have, um, your, um, sorry, your income minus expenses, uh, would be your, um, and of course you also want to build in your profit to that number. Um, so you want to make sure you understand what your income is. What do you have coming in? Then of course you're going to subtract your expenses, but under that expense category, even if it's a separate category, cause you really do need to see it. You need to plan for profit. So it's almost like you have to kind of work backwards. You have to understand what it's costing you to deliver that service and to run your business day to day. Then you want to plan for profit. So I understand that my brow wax with all the supplies and wax and everything I use may cost me $5 just for a nice round number, but okay. I need to make sure I build in another, you know, $5 to make sure that I'm able to create a profit and pay myself and pay my overhead and pay rent. So again, it's really looking at taking a really long, hard look at your numbers, because again, what you charge that client is not just a random number. This based on a really solid formula for what it costs you to deliver that service pay yourself, cover your expenses, and make a profit. You can get the cost per service worksheet. You can tap on Angela's face and go to her Instagram and her link tree. She has the cost per service worksheet. I talk about it a lot. It is one of the most useful tools. It does not expire. It does not go bad. You need to know your numbers and all things. The nice thing about her uh, cost per service worksheet is she has a section just for facials and skincare services as well as hair removal services. So it's amazing for you to break down and see your numbers going into the new year. We have got to pull back that that shade and that I used to be one that never opened up my credit card bills because I never wanted to see the bill. I didn't want to open it. I don't want to look at my statements because I don't want to see how much money I spent. I had all these veils in front of me, but once I pulled them back and started looking at them and forcing myself to look at my numbers, I really started understanding it's just numbers. I can't emotionally respond to this anymore. What am I tying to this emotional response? Why don't I want to open up my bills and see what my business is making? Why don't I want to see how much I'm spending on that credit card? Emotionally, I was holding myself back from understanding that money is a tool. My emotions were what was holding me back. So I had to work through those money issues in order for me to understand once I got over my issue and I said, this is a tool. So let's use this. Let's do this. I don't want to use credit cards anymore. So what do I need to do in my business so that I don't have to use credit cards anymore? I did a, B and C. Now I don't use credit cards anymore. I use lines of credit. And when you start really understanding that my 
credit is great. I don't use credit cards anymore. I use lines of credit. Now it's not about how much comes in. I'm super controlling how much of it goes out. Now I can pay myself more because I'm not spending all these percentages on credit card fees anymore. So it, it's all connected, right? Our money issues are connected. So what you need to do is just remove that and work on that emotional response. We have an educator and I crack up all the time because she was one of at my first masterclass and she's like, oh, every time I place an order with you, my stomach just hurts. Why does your stomach hurt? I don't know. Why do you get worked up placing an order? Do you need it? Well, yes. So why are you so worked up? I don't know. And that, and I said, you know, that's an emotional response. If you have money in the bank to pay for it, so why are you upset? And why are you putting yourself mentally in a place like you don't have the money? Oh, I didn't think of it that way. And that's what a lot of us do. We emotionally respond. We get excited when we have a whole bunch of money and we get depressed when we ain't got no money. But if you understand that money is a tool and it's ever flowing, and you really come to terms with your money issues and you really get to the root of it, it's not the money. It's, it's, it's the trauma. That's my therapeutic word. That's my therapy word. It's the trauma that we've associated and attached to money. We've allowed ourselves to be emotional responsive to money. When we have it, we're great. We're happy. When we don't have it, we act a fool. And I'm speaking hundred percent on myself. So I'm going to go ahead and close it out tonight. You guys can click the link in my bio. Please follow everybody that's on stage. I will come back in a couple days. My masterclass has already opened. It's called how to monetize your Facebook group. If you click the link in my bio in my Instagram, you can join us there. I have a private community group there. I will be coming back onto clubhouse to talk about my masterclasses with my folks who are in the groups and us getting down to all of it before the new year, because it's time for us to do some things differently. We just need to have some accountability for each other. Angela Green, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you guys, everyone else who's on stage. We're going to go ahead and close this room. Thanks so much, guys. It's been fun. I will come back and talk to you guys again. I will see you either on TikTok or on Instagram. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Good night. Yeah, that was a very good one.